1: Wednesdays at
0: 5pm Melbourne's Drive Time radio program featuring community organisations powerful stories and information Find us at brainways.org.au Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and before today's introductions I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I come come to you from today and I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening today. Today's show is part one of a three-part series that we'll be running on perinatal mental health. Many women in Australia experience some form of mental health challenges during their perinatal period. Over the next three weeks, we'll be talking to three different mums about their lived experience and journey into motherhood with mental health challenges. Our three guests range in age and experience, and the stories that they have to share are beautiful, raw and empowering. For our first show of the series today, we'll be speaking with new mum, Anita, Anita has a 16-month-old called Vincent. Having a child is something that she has thought would not be possible for her most of her adult life. Anita has a lived experience of significant mental health challenges and has worked in community mental health disability for many years in the community education and quality improvement areas. Anita is keen to tell you her story, the kind of story that usually gets untold. A story of embarking on a pregnancy and parenting journey whilst having a history of significant mental health issues. Um, Now, before we get started today, I'd like to let our listeners know that there may be some distressing content today relating to the mental health challenges surrounding parenting. If you do find any of today's show to be upsetting or you would like to speak to someone about your experiences, please contact Panda on 1300 726 306. Hi, Anita. Welcome. Thanks for coming on to the show today. Um, So can you tell me a little bit about your history with uh, serious mental health challenges?
1: Thanks, Kellen. It's great to be here. Um, Well, I had my first kind of mental health issues in my teenage years, um, but sort of things started to get really serious in my mid to late 20s. Um, I experienced uh, full bore mania um, for over three months, and um, alongside psychosis and depression, really, really bad depression, which sort of really rocked me to my core. Um, This sort of led directly into what I call my dark decade. you know, cycles of distress, narrowed horizons. Life was like a front-loading loading washing machine. That's how I often describe it. Like I felt like I was trapped in my experience, my distress, and, you know, watching life through the glass of other people's mm. experience. So sort of, you know, as part of that, I had a kind of cocktails of medications, institutions, long periods of not working. Um, that awkward question, what do you do? Oh, that terrified me. (laughs) Um, There was like, um, but you know, through that, I sort of, started to work, work, um, develop a bit of a recovery journey through that Um, slowly. I was able to move out of this really stuck place. I was in um, piece by piece. It was really piece by piece, sort of like a jigsaw. And, um, and I, I experienced some material improvements in my life, like um, particularly more stable employment um, and housing had a massive impact and flow flow through to my well wellbeing. Um, and also really importantly, I had some great social support, most notably my partner who was with me through this whole time.
0: That's huge. It sounds like you've gone through a lot of um, self-discovery through that time as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's been a, um, you know, it's been a, a, a big a big time as well mm. and um so just coming up to even considering what
0: yeah pregnancy or yeah
1: that's right a child might look like um yeah there was a journey behind that.
0: yeah when you just talk about pregnancy so when you were thinking about trying to conceive did you have any concerns about um your mental health and so what were they
1: oh endless concerns <laughs> i mean i a few years ago my partner and myself we started to, start to first talk about it Um, partly because my well-being had improved so much and, um, you know, I started talking to psychiatrists about it (laughs) and that sort of um, all I heard was high risk, you know, Uh, high risk of antenatal depression, high risk of postnatal psychosis, high risk, you know, of significant mental health challenges and sleep deprivation was the main concern um, because of the, um, some of the mood, Significant mood disturbances I've had in the past. And I was also worried that it would be sort of history repeating itself with um, like my own mother. Like yeah. she in, in the 1980s, she experienced severe post um, natal depression as a first time mum with me as the baby. And she was, and she had very little support or understanding. Um, it was sort of as bad as post natal depression Can, gets, really. Yeah. Like it was really significant. And so, of course, that was playing on my mind as well. And um, I started to look out. Like my, my instinct with all this stuff is always research and, you know, um, googling around the place. I resonate I,
0: with that a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: trying to find yeah, trying to find stories. I guess I was like, surely other people have, have you know, other women have gone th- through this and mm. co- contemplated what I'm thinking about trying. Um, you know, I looked online for stories of other women who had significant mental health challenges. Um, who had babies, but I couldn't actually find very many um, where I found a lot that had gone um, and been really hard for them. But I hadn't found any that had like, it had, um, you know, gone better than anticipated or anything like that. And I feel like this is, that's why I feel like my story and no doubt others out there, it's just like an untold story in a way. Mm. Um, and I, I want to tell this story for those um, who have a history of mental, significant mental health challenges, and but considering becoming a parent, um, I want people to be able to hear that. Um, and I really started to doubt myself. You know, I had the psychiatrist talking about risk, 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 and you know, then I, I I I read all these sort of really challenging times that these women have had had. Uh, maybe I couldn't do this. Maybe the risks were too great. So I started to think about other options. I did look into adoption. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't a possibility, which I was quite upset about. And um, but I did reflect, though, that even even with the, the few stories that I could find of mums with serious mental health challenges, mm. even those that had had a really hard time of it, they they all still said in the end it was worth it. So, you know, so I sort of like, you know, I, um, I guess the expression feel that, feel the fear, fear and do it anyway, sort of really just was so prominent um, in that time for me. Um, you know, we started um, we started planning a lot. I mean, probably over planning, if anything, but we'll get to that later on. I decided to go off all my medication um, very gradually
0: yeah. over
1: one and a half years. And I was very, very careful. And,
0: and that was I, under supervision?
1: I, under supervision. Yeah. I saw my psychiatrist weekly to do this. And I didn't know if I'd be able to. Um, and, um, that was just, I thought maybe I would try, but I just wasn't sure if it was going to be possible in the end, I could. Um, so that was sort of where I got to the point of like, okay, this is, you know, this, this is a possibility for me. Um, you know, so yeah.
0: Mm, No, it's, it's interesting because, um, when you're talking about stories and things like that, we talked about this before, before we came on the show. Um, my experience has always been that people don't really discover um, their mental health issues until pregnancy. So often, they would be bad stories because to them, they're, you know, they're experiencing this negative experience when they're supposed to be having that euphoric moment of joy and pregnancy and birth and all those wonderful things. And here they're, you know, faced with, okay, well, this is, you know, you've got post depression or other things. And from my experience, I know looking back, it was pre-existing. It's just that it took for me to have children for me to discover that there was things going on there. So I think what's really interesting um, about your story is that, you know, you went through all this before you had this knowledge and coming into you know um, the idea of having children that would have been a bit scary at times to think you know how's this going to go and when you can't find anything you know positive as we just said it's it it would have been a challenge but it sounds like you did a lot of work to get to to where you are now which is fantastic but when you became pregnant did you worry about how um, your previous mental health challenges would impact say your pregnancy the birth and then I guess beyond parenting and all that sort of thing?
1: Well, pregnancy was actually a massive surprise for me. Um, I was actually the calmest I had been since my teenage years. Wow. Um, Here I was all prepared for these significant possibilities of distress, risk, risk, risk. And I felt amazing. I felt so calm and content. And, you know, it was, I was not prepared for that, but that was really amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah the pregnancy itself did go pear-shaped, but it was not my mental health. Um, it was actually my, I had a, nearly nearly had a seizure and um, like sort of later on the pregnancy and, you know, had blood pressure through the roof and I was in hospital for a few months um, being treated for preeclampsia, which is a pregnancy wow. complication. Um, but I dealt with the uncertainty, surprising, uncertainty surprisingly well. I sort of just put my mental health toolbox to use and, um, in the end, we did have a very we did have a very small baby, um, baby Vincent. But we were we were just fortunate that it all worked out with excellent care. Mm. Um, so that was always that 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 time was quite different to what I was expecting.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. And and what about birth and and everything else? You think you were worried about that as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. I was really worried about the time, particularly two weeks after birth. Yeah. Um, I was particularly um, I was particularly worried about, um, you know, th- yeah, two weeks that that particular period. I've been told that was the high risk time, and you know, my sleep didn't get preserved, and you know, I could ex- that would be when I'd experience the psychosis, mm. and that would be the time. And if I could get through that, I'll probably be all right. So that's I was that was the time I was the most, most worried about.
0: about. Yeah, but I
1: had a lot of plans in place for that. I mean, mm. yeah, so. Um, uh, and I probably did things a bit, we can talk about that a little bit later, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, I put a lot more in, probably more plans in place than anyone else I've ever met, you know, sort of thing um, for that, that and if, to try and pre- prepare for mm. the, the worst case scenario. And
0: yeah. you mentioned that a bit, you know, the fact that you have this toolbox that you've been able to access. I wonder if that's been, you know, something that's been really helpful i guess for you as opposed to someone who's just experiencing this for the first time they wouldn't have that those tools you know available to them the planning and all that that you've gone into so it sounds like that really helped a lot
1: yeah absolutely and also knowing what to look for as well
0: yeah so knowing yourself knowing Mm. you know yeah that's really important Mm. too so and i know you only have your experiences to go on um and this being you know your first pregnancy your first child do you think looking back that the severity uh, severity of your mental health challenges impacted greatly on your pregnancy or the birth or after?
1: Yeah. So um less so on the pregnancy, like I've already gone through, because mm, that was a surprise. That's true. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but definitely the first year of with a baby is sort of mixed also with the pandemic, of course, which um, which the pandemic had negative and positive aspects to it for me. Um so I'm glad I got um to be honest, I'm really glad that I got you know, to experience much more openness, um, from women in general, like about how hard it can be in those mm. early, um, that first year, that really helped me prepare for what I was embarking on. Um, you know, I've often joked that, um, I was almost so prepared for things that actually I was a bit surprised it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, um, which is an unusual scenario to be in, but <laughs> I, I appreciate that openness, of just yeah. sharing that experience. Um, you know, and I sort of same sort of thing. I've turned to the resources I developed in my earlier recovery journey. I mean, mm. planning, utilizing social support, good medical team, exercise, medica- meditation. They were the things that I really found helpful. Um, so I just kind of brought them in at you know, as needed. Um, and so the, the main thing I've sort of, I have struggled with in parenting has actually been settling. Um, I guess I wouldn't have known which, what thing would have an impact on me. At the six month mark, I started to get very distressed when I was doing it. So sort of like as I sort of as a default to that response, I shut down. Um, so when you say thought,
0: settling, what do you mean by that?
1: Oh, sorry, I'm settling. No, a... I mean, I'm calming and sort of making the ba- baby settle uh, ah, yep. nice and relaxed so that um, it can go to sleep. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, as, as humans, we're not taught, how, we're not born with that skill. So parents do it. I think it's one of the hardest things. About oh, absolutely. Actually.
0: I think so. as yeah. well. Yeah.
1: And I just found it really challenging. Um, so that, not in the early days, not to, but six months, I started to find it really hard. I started to get very distressed. And I just went into shutdown mode, like full shutdown. I, I mean, I wasn't okay, but you know, but my baby would be okay, sort of thing. That kind of self, self-sacrificing thing that mothers do. And um, I'd usually be able to settle him, but then I would leave settling and go, you know, out of the space, out of the room, and I would start sobbing, oh, yeah. overcome by dark thoughts. Yeah. Like it was really challenging. And it appeared that I was sort of re-experiencing a trauma from when I was baby settled as a baby. That's one of the um, ideas that my psychologist said was a very likely scenario considering my history and it was only after little baby vincent started to resist himself actually he started to resist he started to arch his back and cry and not feel safe in that environment That i did did i realize that he was picking up on my distress yeah i was wondering and so in tune mother and babies are like they're just this incredibly in tune and they you know i needed to work it out i needed to for my sake as well as my babies um, so my my partner actually took over doing most of the settles for many months. Um, fortunately, that was possible, of course, because with pan, the pandemic, working at home and things, yeah. he was around during the days to do the naps. Um, but what worked in the end was mostly grounding exercises. Um, you know, so uh, you know, clenching fists, releasing, feeling the ground, you know, smelling, all of that sort of stuff, just getting really grounded. Um, and I was able to gradually build up the settling again. Um, I did st- still feel a bit of a pain in my chest like I'd been punched, but it, as long as I was able to stay present mm. and grounded, um, baby Vincent stayed calm and happy with oh, it. You know? so he kind of learned that I was I was developing skills and you know and really, you know I, able to you know able to support myself and him mm-hmm. rather than the shutdown thing which I was doing before, which um, you know wasn't working for him. So I thought it was an example of how I was going to sort of change my experience slowly and um, with the right support around me. And, um, you know, and actually I found that every time I went into that mum self-sacrifice mode, which is so tempting as a new parent um, and, you know, all mums do it at some point, it actually backfired. Like it was actually not what what I needed and what he needed. We actually needed the same things.
0: Yeah. We
1: needed me to be well and, you know, and, and we fed off each other in a really positive way, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. It's exactly what I I think, you know, a lot of parenting is, is often, you know, you learning from your child as well as your child learning from you and just sharing Mm. that space, which is really nice. And it's interesting that you talk about how that, you know, self-sacrificing space. I think any parent, whether they have mental health issues or not, could really, Mm. really learn from what you're talking about here. Because I feel like no matter how well you are, you go into that space, it's going to make anyone you know you know not not well you know not do mm. not not feel good in that space and it can lead to lots of problems so that's it's really wise for you to be able to come to that uh, conclusion I think I wish I'd have known that early on with both of my children so yeah do you uh, feel like that you need to be more hyper vigilant than say if you didn't have lived experience with mental health issues
1: yeah absolutely like it's Yeah, almost too much in a way, but, you know, plan, plan, plan. I planned in ways that, like I said before, like no first-time mothers, and first-time mothers plan a lot, like planned. It was um, just that I was so scared, like I really was. I knew how quickly postnatal psychosis comes along and how debilitating it can be and the depression that follows, like, um, you know, so... I had to make many more decisions really early on. Like I decided to go back on my medication 20 minutes after the birth. Wow. um, And quite, and, and jack it up quite, quite quickly. Um, You know, and you know, I stayed in a mother baby, also known as early parenting Parenting. centers. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed there for two weeks after Mm -hmm. the birth as a precautionary measure. Um, You know, so there were things like that that I put into place that, you know, I had friends to me, Oh, well, can't you just see how you go? And I was like, no, I can't actually. Like, that's not, that's not an option. I, yeah. it's, it's, I, I won't have time.
0: Yeah. Things can change too quickly right. and, I, and I
1: need to actually be on top of it and I need to make decisions now. Yeah. yeah so that was, um, that was kind of, um, you know, I guess quite different. Um, the other thing I needed more was I needed more from others. Um, there's no doubt about it. Particularly my partner, we had these conversations early on. Basically, he needed to be prepared to be a solo parent if need be um he definitely did and he definitely did most of the nights really particularly early on um, um to preserve my sleep and, and my mood um and I was so super conscious of everything in the first two weeks which was which is the high risk time for me I've been told high risk high risk mm. um it definitely impacted my ability to just enjoy being a mom initially because I was just overthinking everything
0: you know yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I went through that experience as, as well. Similarly, um, and I think that was probably one of the first warning signs for my husband was the fact that I didn't cope well with the sleeping in those first couple of weeks. And so he like your partner, he was doing a lot of that, you know, nighttime feeding and caring and soothing and all that sort of stuff because I just, you know, I wasn't able to manage. So it's, it's really interesting, like I'm hearing your story and I wish I'd have known this a lot about myself and had a lot of these things in place. Prior, I think it would have definitely made my experience a lot better, and I'm glad it's been such a positive for you as well. So, I guess we talked a bit about supports and what you've had during your pregnancy. What sort of supports um, were available to you?
1: Well, so I'm well aware that this isn't the case for um, other mums in distress mm-hmm. um, often, but I, I found because of my mental health history, I took a few big boxes. Um, so, I got in the health system, so I got access to a few public programs and services that made such a difference. So they were things like um, I had a community nurse coming to my house every week um, uh, for as long as I wanted. Um, and, and I had an on-site sleep day and week long program. So I was sort of uncom- confident with the settling and the sleep so that it could preserve my sleep. Um, and I've also seen um, a psychologist and psychiatrist, but um, that came at a financial cost, unfortunately. Mm. Um, there's not much of that, unfortunately. I, I mean, though, I did benefit from them extending the 20, um, the 20 um, Medicare sessions. rebate sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this year. But, yeah, so some of that was public and some of that I had to fork out for.
0: Okay. All right. And uh, did, did you develop post depression or anxiety post-birth?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, But it wasn't that big of a deal, um, because I was sort of ready for it. um, And I had sort of the right supports around me, um, like sort of um, medical and sort of the psychologist and also partner. And um, I I found that the number one thing I could do for my mental health was preserving my sleep as much as possible. Mm. And I know that's not always possible. But, you know, napping and just and like just letting things go, yeah. you know. And
0: we hear that so yeah. often. Like I remember in mm. uh, my antenatal classes, they did this pie chart showing, you know, breaking up all the time in which we spend doing different things. And mm. it was hilarious to see all the men in the room thinking that you know we'd only be needing like four or five hours a day to care for the child, mm. <laughs> it's all this extra time. And then caring for ourselves is also part of that. It's so important, mm. you know. You hear that people say, "Go sleep when the baby sleeps." So important. Don't worry about the mm. house. Don't worry about anything mm. else get that sleep it's so yeah. important yeah
1: yeah let, let the house be an absolute pigsty that's right exactly if,
0: if people a want to come over And I used to say if people want to come over and they want to hold the baby no I'll hold the baby you go and clean up for me in <laughs> my house that's going to help me a lot better
1: that would be great <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: that's right uh, so um often when we go through you know um our own journey as parents we can reflect on on what our parents went through what reflections have you had
1: I sort of often reflect on, as mothers do, on their own mother's experience. I mean, um, everyone sort of does that. I, now, I'm a motherless mother. So I really missed out on all the storytelling and sharing, you know, that other mothers get to do. You ask all these new questions of your own mother when you've got your own that you wouldn't have asked otherwise. Yeah. Um, so I missed out on a lot of that. And that was sort of quite sad. Yeah. Um I sort of have reckoned it on how my my own mother's experience was. So severe postnatal depression, a largely un, absent and unsupportive at, and supportive at best partner, mm. and I, I I know she wanted to be a mum more than anything, mm. and um, so when it didn't play out the way she had imagined, um, it would have made the whole experience so much harder.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and in the 1980s, postnatal depression wasn't talked about. Oh much. no, not and, at all. And I know she was so ashamed, like, you know, like she'd failed in life. You know, it was the one thing she wanted to do and she failed. And she carried that shame with her throughout her life. Um, we knew we had to keep mum's mental health challenges a secret. And we knew that the whole, our whole lives, like that was what we had to do. And, I'm, you know, I know that, that, this is, that this is one of the hardest times for her. And it was really, really challenging. So I reflect on that. But I also reflect on her resilience as well. Her strength as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 And how, you know, um, yeah, that's, and and I'd love to know more about that story, you know, Mm. about that story of resilience, Um, you know, because I feel like that's an important story to hear as well. Mm.
0: So we often hear a lot about um, antenatal depression, postnatal depression. Do you think we need to share more about the impacts of um, existing conditions can have on pregnancy, birth and beyond? Yeah, I think, I, um, you know, um,
1: um, A&D and d and get talked about the most because they are so common. Mm. And it's so great to hear them being talked about so much now compared to the 1980s when mum was a new parent. But I think there's a real gap in support for new mums that have never experienced or either never experienced or have experienced, but maybe didn't have the insights into that experience. Yes. Um, these mental health challenges before getting pregnant or having a child. Like I think there's a real gap there. Um, and I think postnatal psychosis doesn't get talked about enough. And I yes. think considering how, what the impact is on people on these women's, on women's lives when this happens. Um, and I think medical supports could definitely provide more information to women that doesn't scare us um and but just so we know what to look out for and where to go for support and how to look after ourselves in this time some of the things to think about have some of those conversations i think some of the the conversations we're having today that's it how do you look after yourself with this it's just you know it's all consuming being a new parent but you have to look after yourself you're part of that and you can't just be in that self-sacrificing mode
0: and also you know you've shown today that it can be done that's also a beautiful powerful thing you know I feel like you're giving hope to a lot of people out there that are looking at wanting to have children and perhaps might have those reservations because of their own you know pre-existing mental health concerns so i think this is a great step in the right direction but i agree i think we need to hear more stories like yours and more positive stories not just the the horror stories of of you know the worst case scenarios but also like you know what is what i hate to use the word successful but what you know in my eyes i feel like what you've gone through has been very successful and i want to hear more stories like that i think that would definitely be helpful you know sharing what tools you used and things like that as you've spoken about here today so before we Before we wrap up, I just want to ask one last question. And I also want to thank you so much for sharing everything you've come to share today. I think I can see so much benefit in in your story for so many of our listeners. And and thanks for
1: having me. I want to share the untold story. Yeah, Mm.
0: definitely. Mm. So, on that, what advice would you give other people who may share similarities with your story?
1: I can, I totally understand the hesitations of beers like people like me with significant mental health issues Um, so many think we we can't be parents even if it's one of our dreams Um, but I'm I'm really glad I did it like it was it was hard in different ways than I was expecting like I definitely wasn't prepared for some of and and easier in other ways that I wasn't expecting Um, and sort of parenting is a joyous and grueling and equal measures like there is some serious joy in there and um, you know I think also a safe secure environment can be built Yes. um you know drawing on the support of others when needed you know um acknowledging my own limitations at times like you know and resilience can be modeled for children like you know it's not just automatic that you know that these things just you know go down family lines like resilience can absolutely be modeled um my my little son, son is already doing some some grounding exercises oh with that's me. so awesome <laughs> he does it it's, it's called the squeeze he does it you, puts his hands mm, like that, and he does it. So, <laughs> you know, so, and he's only 15 months. So, yeah. I mean, imagine what he's going to be like. When well, this, like, is it. You know, this is it. This is
0: the other part of the story, I guess, that we don't realise is that, you know, and I think you and I have talked about this in, in conversations we've had before where, um, you know, I look at my children and I feel like they've learned so many awesome Mm. life skills by learning about the tools that I've had to develop in order to help myself with my mental health. Mm. And I feel like these children kind of, these children, that sounds terrible, but like kids, our children who've, you know, had to be around mental health issues from day dot, they tend to learn all these great things about how to help themselves, how to help their friends. It's Mm. just beautiful. Like, you know, instead of us looking at, you know, oh, we could be interfering or damaging our children by bringing them into this environment, we're actually doing wonderful things. And I think that needs to be talked about more as well. So
1: Absolutely. Modeling resilience. Yes. And also, like, connection can be built and it can be so strong. And, you know, and there's nothing more satisfying than, you know, being able to kind of feel the fear and do it anyway.
0: Exactly. You know, whatever
1: that looks like. Just going for what you want in life, you know. So, you know, Sometimes you just got to, yeah.
0: Do it. Do that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm. Once again, thank you, Anita, for coming on. I could definitely talk to you about this for hours and hours, and I'm sure we will in our our own lives anyway. But thank you for sharing everything that you have. Thank you for having me. It's great to be part of it. Wonderful. All right. Okay. Bye. thanks Anita for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge and insight with our listeners I hope that everyone has found something in today's show that will be beneficial to them and once again if you did find anything about today's show distressing or you would like to talk to someone about your own experiences with perinatal mental health challenges you can call Panda on 1300 726 306 you can find more of our shows on our website uh, brainwaves.org.au or on the 3CR website 3cr.org.au or on Spotify or anywhere you download your 3CR podcasts. If you have a story to share or if you would like to send us feedback, suggestions for future shows, please email us at brainwavesatwellways.org. And thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.